And now, Thriller Thursdays on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Chapter 17 Kit Baxter brought the ceiling down with an explosive roar. Dust and debris flew everywhere, but as it cleared, the night sky could now be seen through a new hole in the roof. "'What are you doing?' Falcone roared, his ears still ringing. She leapt up onto an old countertop, more or less directly under the gap she had just created. "'He told me to get you up on the roof,' she said, "'and he forgot that we got nothing to hook a grapple gun onto "'and I am not the half of the equation known for heavy lifting. "'Get your fanny up here, Max!' Falcone could see the plan now and did his best to hurry. In his current state, still unable to make proper use of his powers, it was quite clear that he was the weak link in the chain, and he did his best to overcome his limitations. He hauled himself up onto the rickety counter and moved toward the hole in the ceiling with Kit steadying his arm. From outside there were still the howls and cries of the wild animals that had descended upon them, mixed with sudden startled yelps that obviously came when one of them drew too close and the red panda was forced to deal with it. The plaintive cries were coming faster now, and it seemed clear that the jackals were not getting the hint. The flying squirrel seemed impatient, and Falcone knew that it pained her to hear the red panda facing danger alone. He reached his arms high, found a section of roof that would support his weight, and tried to haul himself up. He felt her grab at his feet, and he straightened his legs to take advantage of the boost she was giving him. Over the brittle, broken edges of the hole he pulled himself up until he could flop forward on his belly, his center of gravity now off the countertop, and wriggled forward in an undignified fashion. An instant later she was through the hole as if in a single tremendous leap, landing in a silent crouch beside him. The air was clean and fresh, with a slight breeze coming off the desert, but there were few lights from the buildings around them, and no light at all from above. "'Now, Moon,' she said, tapping the side of her goggles for night vision. "'That would be Thatcher's work,' Falcone said. "'They hunt in darkness.' "'Swell,' she said. "'Hold that thought.' She produced a small gray sphere from a pouch in her utility belt and detached a key pin from it with a click, followed by a very slight hiss. She leapt over the shattered section of rooftop and landed above the back door where she could still hear the sounds of a struggle. She gasped in astonishment as she looked over the edge. She could not even count the number of animals that surrounded the doorway below, leaping at the man who blocked their path with a frenzy born of desperation. Something was driving them. Something unnatural. They leapt, sliding forward toward him, crawling on their bellies, each one a portrait of terror in action. Their desperate, lunging thrusts were met by perfect control. The red panda's arms and legs moved in a blur, answering one assault while anticipating the next two, always in motion, always on the attack, even in defense. He was good. He was very, very good. But it was only a matter of time. The flying squirrel flipped the gas grenade down to street level. She had been hoping for more strategic options than just dropping it at his feet, but she certainly couldn't see one. The grenade burst forth with its cargo of anesthetic gas, and she quickly followed it with two more sent into the fringes of the group that she could see. By the time she had released the third grenade, the gas had begun to affect the animals closest to the red panda, and he leapt up, firing his static shoes as he did so, their raw power propelling him high in the air. He rolled his legs back high over his head and reversed the pull of his shoes as he did so, hitting the wall of the shack with enough attractive force to whip him around in the tight crouch into which he had pulled himself and throw him still higher in a rapid spin. 
As he reached the roof beside her, he threw his left leg back behind himself and pulled down into a long, low crouch. "'You okay?' she asked without looking. "'Fine,' he said seriously. "'Thanks.' "'Yep,' she said, watching the animals down below struggle against the gas's effects, dropping one by one. Her eyes widened as she looked beyond the piles of sleeping jackals in the limited spill of light from the doorway. The night was teeming with still more of them circling, closing in, watching the rooftops now. "'Boss,' she said, "'I don't think we're done.' The red panda was helping Falcone to his feet. He moved quickly to peer over the edge of the building's front to the narrow street below. "'Here, too,' he called grimly, "'and not just a few of them.' "'They ain't magic,' she called. "'Not if the gas can get them.' "'Not magic,' Falcone said, "'but driven by unnatural powers, "'possibly tied to a tracking spell, as I thought.' "'Except that instead of the baddies following us, "'we're just supposed to be dinner,' the flying squirrel called. "'They may have been simply sent to corner us,' Falcone said. "'Hold us in one place until we can be captured.' "'I'm no expert, of course,' the red panda said, "'moving back toward the centre of the roof. "'But I'm fairly certain they were trying to eat me.' "'Falcone shrugged. "'It is possible that our enemies are tired of looking for me,' he said, "'and are content to eliminate the competition.' "'I don't think we have enough knockout gas for this,' Kit said. "'I don't think there is enough knockout gas for this,' Falcone offered. "'If I'm right about the class of spell in use, "'for the next hour or more we will be magnets for every wild jackal "'that could possibly reach Luxor. "'The spell will drive them into a fury. "'They will be compelled to destroy us, whipped into a rage by terror.' "'It's more beasts than I would have thought.' The Red Panda admitted. "'Bully for the local ecology,' Kit said. "'And we've got more trouble.' She pointed at a space several buildings away. The rooftops were close together, most touching the one next to it, none separated by more than a foot. Falcone didn't have night-vision goggles, but his ears told him what the flying squirrel was seeing. Somewhere down the alleyway, the jackals had found a way up onto one of the rooftops.' An instant later, and Falcone could see the first of the glowing yellow eyes emerge from the unnatural darkness. Stranger, the red panda said, have you got anything? Falcone shook his hands in frustration. Nothing that will help us, he said. These bands have left me weak. It might be ours. Ours we ain't got, the flying squirrel said. How are we for ideas? For a moment only the jackals had anything to say to that, their cries filling the night air as more of them joined their fellows on the rooftops. Wait, the red panda said. You said this is a spell, to draw the jackals to us and compel them to attack. Yes, Falcone said, of course. Why? They couldn't have cast it on you, the red panda said, because they didn't know where you were. I see where this is going, the flying squirrel said, and I think I hate it. "'Keep Max safe,' he ordered. "'Make your way down to the river crossing. "'Stay hidden. "'I'll meet you there when I can.' "'This is crazy,' she protested. "'You don't know that they cast a spell on you and not me.' "'I know that the jackals didn't come up here until I did,' he said seriously. "'Because you were punching them in the head,' she cried. "'Yes, well,' he said, "'this is about to become slightly academic. "'Keep your radio ring open. "'If I was wrong, shout, and I'll double back. "'But I'm not wrong.' "'I don't think I'm quite clear on what you intend to do,' Falcone said. "'This,' the red panda said simply, and ran directly at the beasts, closing in on them. "'He made a mighty leap into the darkness, high over the heads of the jackals closest to him, 
and was lost to Falcone's eyes. He could hear a series of cries, then the red panda's footsteps racing away over the rooftops, and the scrabbling sounds of the unnatural pack of animals following him, ignoring the two of them left behind. Kit shook her head. I hate it when he's right. I ever tell you that? she asked. Pushing through the darkness, the red panda could feel the desert hounds at his heels, could hear the guttural yelps of their confederates on the ground, and he felt sure that he had been right. Falcone's rivals had targeted August Fenwick with an enchantment that brought this wave of death upon him, little dreaming that his true identity could run such a race and win, certainly never imagining that he would laugh while he did it. He threw himself over a ten-foot gap in the rooftops, his static shoes firing as he leapt. Barely one story off the ground, there was no room for error in such a leap. Even catching himself partway down a wall would have him within striking distance of the baying horde at street level. He stopped hard and looked back. His rooftop pursuers had halted in their tracks, unable or unwilling to follow, but the pack at ground level was frothing in anticipation of his fall. The crowd was getting thick down there, and the view through his night-vision lenses was more akin to a den of snakes than anything mammalian. He shouldn't stop. Shouldn't give up any advantage. He might run out of rooftops in a hurry, and if he did, there would be no escape. Still, he had to know. Outside the crimson gauntlet on his right hand, there was an oversized ring that contained a microtransmitter. He tapped it to open the channel and spoke clearly into it. Panda to Squirrel, he said. Come in, Squirrel. Shouldn't you be running? Her voice came through, free of static. After all, he thought she is only a hundred yards away. Tell me I was right, he said simply. "'Why?' she asked. "'So you can lord it over me until the end of time?' He grinned into the darkness, to no one in particular. "'Yes,' he said. "'Run, clever boy!' she ordered. "'Yes, boss,' he replied, dropping an oversized canister of knockout gas over the edge of the roof. "'May as well thin out the herd a bit. Wouldn't get them all, but every little bit would help.' He waited a moment for the gas to take effect, then dropped to the street and bolted for the far corner. From there he knew he could make an unbroken rooftop trail to the heart of downtown Luxor. It wasn't a big place, but it was big enough. There would be lights and tall buildings and policemen with service revolvers if it came to that. He hoped it wouldn't. Certainly there didn't seem to be much danger to others. The beasts were focused on him exclusively, and thanks to his static shoes he could keep out of the reach of the maddened pack of hunters if he could just make that far rooftop. He felt them closer now, hard on his heels, could almost feel their breath as they closed in from every side. He saw half a dozen animals racing straight toward him, newcomers to the fray, pulled from the desert by strange enchantments. This was going to get interesting. He reached down deep and found another gear he didn't quite know that he had. The blood was pumping in his ears, drowning out the cries of the killers just seconds behind him. Every iota of speed he threw at outracing them only brought him closer to the beasts lying in wait that much faster. From somewhere deep within, a strange, almost joyous laugh began to burble forth from the man in the crimson domino mask, ringing out through the deserted streets, crying a challenge to his tormented hunters and their cruel and cowardly masters far beyond the field of combat. It was the battle cry of the Red Panda. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama... 
And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. Together.